Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Happy Tuesday, July the 12th, 2022. Hope you're having a beautiful day, a hope-filled day amid global crises, global manufactured crises. It's very important to always remember that. As some of you may be looking to the skies thinking, hmm, where are you, God? Where are you in the midst of all of this upheaval and... Um, injustice. Oh my goodness. I've heard more stories of injustice over the past few days. Uh, pastors, uh, lay people, grandmothers arrested by our federal government, uh, for myriad of false accusations. So this seems to be, you know, the, the era of, uh, persecution in this country. I I don't know of another way to say it. It is political persecution, it's religious persecution, and the table really has been set for that whenever you look at how this particular administration's Department of Justice um, and the military-industrial complex, as it were, across the board from DHS to, you know, they all work in conjunction, law enforcement um, and military as well. And, and honestly, our veterans, I think, have been targeted more than they have been supported, <clears throat> excuse me, supported. That is very obvious with red flag laws, uh, DHS, you know, encouraging you to watch out for those pesky veterans who have, uh, who have training. Speaking of something that really captures this, uh, binge or cringe. Well, uh, I, I've been binging on Chris Pratt's new show on Netflix called The Terminal List. Great show. <laughs> And if you want to understand what some of our guys are up against who work in special operations, uh, black operations, you know, all of those guys uh, go into that knowing that they are expendable. Now, how sad is that, that you sacrifice your life, your family's lives, uh, you know, to come back from clandestine efforts only to become public enemy number one and a target yourself. I mean, see, we watch these things as consumers and we think it's all sexy. But it's really not sexy when you're dumpster diving in order to uh, get off of one administration's radar over another. And it does happen. You know, a lot of the things that you read about in some of these, quote, fiction (laughs) pieces and trilogies aren't quite so fictional. So uh, great show. It's on Netflix. I know some of you boycott Netflix and I don't blame you whenever it comes to, I look at it as the Obama channel or the Obama uh, media package, but uh, they do have some good programming and uh, this is riveting. I mean, I can't even, I can't stop watching it. And Chris Pratt is not only smoking hot, um, but he is such a great actor and does an amazing job uh, in this movie. So again, well, this series, again, The Terminal List. Speaking of, 
you know, targeting our veterans. But yeah, going back to persecution, you know, it's um, no one is safe. I mean, there's some comforting words for you, but no one is safe from false accusation. No one, because that's the enemy's territory. And that's where he lives. And, and Jesus said he was the father of lies. And so people who lie on other people who concoct and create and ruin lives or attempt to ruin lives through false accusation, dragging people through legal mud and battles uh, that ultimately can bankrupt them. Um, you know, there's a woman right now who's on Twitter. I, I do not know her personally. Uh, she's come into a couple of my spaces. I also see her on Twitter announcing that she's headed to prison. She is a grandmother apparently struggling with cancer. Um, and she's going to prison for her role in begging people to get away from the Capitol doors on January 6th. Now, I do not know all of the details of her case. Uh, every video that she has posted about her involvement uh, appears as though she, uh, uh, you know, I mean, you could lump her right there in with Simone Gold. Dr. Simone Gold of Frontline Doctors, I'm not sure if she's headed for her uh, prison sentence yet, uh, but she's been sentenced to, I believe, 60 days in federal prison. And this grandmother is right behind her. Grandmother with cancer. So when you think to yourself, you know, there's justice in this country right now, and there's actual lawfulness, um, you have to remember that, yes, God can make amazing, beautiful things out of horrible trials, including but not limited to false accusations. Joseph is a prime example of that. We have pastors right now sitting in prison over false accusations. Pastors who are doing like a, a lot of really good work. So, you know, I'm under no grand illusions that this is not, you know, speaking the truth um, isn't dangerous work because it is. But I mean, even protecting your country and, and remaining avowed to your constitution is dangerous work. I mean, think about the threat some of these guys pose to the powers that be, and these dudes have been trained. I mean, they are trained machines, um, and, you know, I love these guys. I have friends who are, you know, in that industry of taking care of business, um, or they have been in the past, uh, taking care of business, you know, across the globe on behalf of this country, only to find themselves at in a very difficult uh, position. And so I, I honestly cannot imagine the feeling of betrayal that goes into that. Uh, by the way, for those of you who are not familiar with Dr. Simone Gold, um, she simply stood in the rotunda and gave her speech that apparently she was not able to give. Um, she was scheduled to speak on someone's stage. Again, I don't know all of those details, but the footage I've seen of Dr. Uh, Simone is, um, you know, I mean, she's literally standing there uh, reciting the speech that she was going to give, um, albeit, you know, loudly because it was loud in the rotunda, but she wasn't inciting anything, you know. I mean, but she's off to prison. So Brandon Strzok, some of you call him Brandon Straka, uh, he, he is the founder of Walkaway. 
Um, he has made quite the comeback uh, in recent days. Um, and, and Brandon was, you know, taken in, uh, arrested, doors busted through, um, handcuffed, taken to jail, um, ultimately ended up serving, I believe, four months on house arrest with an ankle monitor, um, had to plea. And his videos, um, apparently there's some uh, accusation that he was inciting people to take away a police officer's shield. According to Brandon, that is not what happened. So, again, I was not there. I did not see all of these folks in any involvement that they may have had. Um, but as you watch the truth, you know, unfold by way of the people who just refuse to highlight the truth, you know, I mean, when you look at Sri Lanka, that is an insurrection. Those guys legitimately not only threw their government out of their home, they burned the home down to the ground. So they have demanded a new government. Millions of people, millions, a densely populated nation, and their government has been toppled. That is called an insurrection. What most of us witness from the video footage, and of course there's 14,000 hours of that that none of us have had access to. There's no accountability as to why law enforcement was not called knowing in the weeks leading up to that that Antifa um, a BLM, you know, the, that was coming off the heels of the summer of love, for God's sakes. And so y- anything was possible from that perspective. I mean, any, you know, simple-minded person could have read the room and thought, okay, well, Antifa, you know, has been burning down cities across the country. It is plausible, you know, that D.C. should be on a heightened level of awareness And, you know, sadly, law enforcement was not put in place. And, you know, many people believe that that whole thing was um, staged and in an effort to ultimately keep President Trump from the Oval Office in 2024. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen with that. Now, someone who has been a vocal, vocal proponent of all things election integrity in the state of Georgia, uh, she also just came off the campaign trail for uh, governor of Georgia And uh, Candace Taylor was swatted last evening. For those of you who don't know what that is, uh, Steve Bannon was recently swatted. Uh, My colleague Stu Peters was also swatted. Um, Tim Pool was swatted. It It is a very dangerous situation where people have, in fact, died at the hands of law enforcement because it is a, and I don't mean to accuse law enforcement in that, it's because it's a heightened situation. I mean, you've got a lot of, it's very tension-filled. The police have uh, been notified by way of either text or phone call that uh, you've, you know, someone in the home is threatening violence, has a gun to someone else's head or to their own. You know, they're going to blow this down or do that. It's, you know, it's a, it is a, it's a threat that targets your home And you, and it's usually in the middle of the night, which is what happened with Candace. She took to Twitter last night at at like one in the morning, or if not two, and uh, had just gotten out of the shower. Her 17-year-old is like, 
uh, mom, why are there police officers with like lasers pointed at our door? Um, you know, and had, like she said, and she was furious, had any one of her children or her husband or her walked outside that door, people have opened their doors to be shot dead in their doorway by police. Because again, police go into these situations thinking that it's at critical mass, right? You're, you're in a very heightened situation. Well, I mean, you would think uh, with her law enforcement, at least, and she said as much, you know, she doesn't understand how that could happen since they know her. She doesn't exactly live in downtown Atlanta without knowledge of her local law enforcement. So, yeah, I mean, she's furious, and, and I don't know how you find the people who do things like that. I mean, God knows you should be able to find that, the ping, uh, trace that call back to a burner phone, something, a location, I mean, anything. Um, yeah, that's right. For those of you who think that burner phones are, you know, invincible jokes on you because they're not but yeah i mean you would think that there's a way to put an end to this it is extremely dangerous that that happened last night in the state of georgia now speaking of stranger things i saw something yesterday that i could not believe and i'm thinking what do they know that we don't and if you'll read my twitter thread you'll see that several people believe that anything's possible at this point with regard to um this country actually doing something absolutely maniacally murderous uh, in order to implode the economy. I mean, some of those comments, I'm like, wow, you, I mean, I, you guys have like zero faith in uh, local, state, or federal government. But you know what? They may not be far off the mark. New York City has begun their nuclear preparedness campaign. Uh, public service announcements have been going out. Um, this lovely lady is standing there in, in a pantsuit. I don't know what that is with everyone having to be in a pantsuit, Kamala-like. But she's in a pantsuit, and she's telling people to get inside, stay inside, wash yourself off with shampoo or soap, do not go outside, stay tuned to media for further instructions, and there will be um, basically wireless emergency, um, you know, um, access points of information and so stay tuned i mean these are for real nuclear preparedness uh, public service announcements that are going out in new york city so it's i don't know if you've seen them but they're all over social media and so i thought to myself now that's random and i haven't seen anyone else talking about it so it's almost like everyone is so distracted by you know five governments in the past three days completely being toppled that uh, in the fear of food shortages and, you know, gas prices and jobs are, you know, at, at critical mass as well, contrary to what this administration is telling you, um, I, I cannot drive down the street. I'm in the middle of summer in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can tell you now, you normally are super hard-pressed. If you're a teenager or a college student, you haven't found a job by March for, for the upcoming summer, you're basically SOL. And this summer... All I see are for higher signs. People cannot find help. And with supply chain issues about to also reach critical mass, I have to wonder how long some people will actually be able to survive and stay in business. And let's not even talk about the restaurant and hospitality industry. Hotels, they got hit very hard during COVID. I mean, I was traveling in 2021 
and you couldn't get room service. The gyms weren't open. The pools were closed down. Uh, You're not getting towel service. Your sheets are not going to be changed daily. Um, You're basically at summer camp, like you're glamping. (laughs) That was COVID hotel life was glamping. And, um, you know, I, I foresee us actually going back there again. Restaurant industry nearly completely wiped out. I mean, how many businesses in New York City alone will never return? Especially restaurants could not afford to return. Now, add on top of that, you know, supply chain issues and the cost of food or the lack of food supplies and your restaurants are going to suffer. If food is not in your grocers, it's not going to be at a fine dining establishment or a pizza joint. And I have it on good authority that we're having paper shortages, which could mean something extraordinarily interesting for the upcoming midterms when it comes to paper ballots. But, uh, you know, pizza companies apparently having a hard time finding uh, cardboard boxes. Um, You know, there's a myriad of other industries that use a lot of paper. And uh, apparently we're having paper shortages. So hopefully you guys have got your creative thinking caps on. And, um, and, and you will, uh, tap into your prayer time, you know, asking God for some ingenuity that maybe you didn't have before and, and really how to get creative and make things last. You're talking, you know, you're listening to someone who some of my more creative years of my life or whenever I was completely poor is amazing what lack can do for the human brain If you have a mindset of overcoming, if your mindset is defeatist, then you're already defeated before this whole madness hits full bore. So I'm trying to encourage you to really plug in now ahead of it. Get ahead of the wave, get up on the beach because it's coming. The tsunami of this economic crisis, manufactured or not, is coming to us. It's just a matter of when. And so the alarms are going off. You've got a major New York City, the apple of the country, ground zero, literally, uh, engaging in public service announcements regarding nuclear preparedness. So I'm not saying there's a nuclear, uh, you know, imminent threat, or uh, clearly there's an imminent threat. We've known that since Putin decided, you know, that he would take advantage of us having our guard down as a nation. Um, and being in the political predicament that we're in. I mean, opportunists seize opportunities. And that's true for diseases in your body. So it's certainly true for political regimes. So none of this should really come as a surprise. The stage was set for this. And I was listening to a story earlier today about some things that actually made its way to the Biden administration um, where, you know, Putin was like, hey, man, we're trying to take the borders back to like 1998 and um, with regard to NATO nations. And the Biden administration never responded. So instead of responding and, you know, at least in in communication, you know, paying attention to the reading the room, if you will, geopolitically and and answering that um, desire, threat, whatever you want to call it. And uh, instead of doing so, uh, did nothing and uh, basically ignored Vladimir Putin, which clearly is not a good move because now here we are some, oh, I don't know. I mean, how many 
billions of dollars in debt, are we, over sending money to, you know, the Biden administration slush fund? So how many people are going to freeze this winter across uh, Germany for sure? I mean, they are, they are uh, reigniting their coal operations, of all things. And so that is not something they wanted to revisit, but they are now. They are starting to ration hot water. They're starting to prepare for the winter. There are schools that no longer have running water. They have turned the water off. There are landlords over there. You know, I have friends and, and people who think that it's very romantic to think about moving to Europe to think about moving to uh, Germany more specifically. And I remember being a kid and spending, you know, winters or summers with my grandmother, my oma, my opa. And, um, you know, I never could really understand the strictness of the Germans, uh, the German culture. And, I mean, my grandmother was like, and listen, she was like uh, a World War II woman. So, but if you didn't put your food in the proper container, they would. There was a threat that the police would come visit you or ticket you. So they're extremely manicured, extraordinarily uh, clean. Well, they were the country. The landscape of that nation has all but been completely molested. Thank you, Angela Merkel, who decided to open the borders to every other nation who does not hold to the same standards as Germans. Um, and so now you have, you know, once beautiful German villages that have just been completely turned into trash bins, uh, like we see in most of our urban centers here in the States. But I just remember this, this strict spirit with, you know, under which this rule under which the Germans lived. And it was never appealing to me because I just felt so, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm an American kid. You know, and my family didn't recycle. That was before everybody went nuts with these false claims of recycling. So we didn't recycle, you know, so I'm just being a German kid, throwing my stuff in one big old trash can. And, you know, if you didn't clean your steps in your apartment, you got kicked out of your apartment building. It didn't matter how old you were. And if you could no longer clean your apartment stairs, then you didn't need to be in that apartment. You went into an old folks home. Yeah, I mean... It's like talk about strictness in, in, you know, strict community effort. And so that's something that we can't relate to here. And and believe me when I tell you, when when I read that in the Epoch Times, um, that landlords, the Germany's largest landlord is putting people on gas rationing, I believe that. Because that's not hyperbole. That is one thousand percent true. <laughs> And so this is, you know, preemptively preparing for the winter months, which I can tell you are not kind, as you can imagine. Some months are, I mean, some uh, winters are a bit more mild than others in Germany, but for the most part, you're going to have snow. It is going to be cold. You do not want to live, um, you know, in a home without heat. So they're already beginning to uh, ration and uh, the Epoch Times goes on to say, the situation is more than dramatic. Head of the Federation of German Housing Enterprises told uh, the Financial Times that Germany's social peace is in great danger. Now think about that. Their social peace is in great danger. Now I distinctly remember President Trump warning Angela about this very thing since um 
the majority of their gas supply comes from Russia. Well, Russia has cut that supply by 40%. That's a problem for a country that is reliant upon another nation's uh, goodwill (laughs) uh, to supply something as crucial as your citizens' ability to keep warm during the winter months. So, yeah, you know, the world is is burning, churning, turning, all of those things. Um, it, it can, I, I, I realize it's all, it can all be very daunting. Um, you know, some people are just interested in tuning it out and pretending like nothing's wrong. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm very, I find myself as horrible as this whole COVID disaster has been. I find myself somewhat grateful that we've gone through it and, and lived through that to see just how bad it can get in terms of businesses being completely shut down. My city was a ghost town. I was one of the few people um, who could even get into my radio station at the time. So, you know, I was considered uh, necessary, whatever. Um, Yeah. And other people were, you know, confined to their homes. Restaurants were closed. Grocery stores were closed. um, Drug stores were closed. Streets were empty. And and that's whenever I made my decision that I did not want to be reliant upon um, anyone else's resources if if it's up to me, if I can help it. So whether that's water or electricity, you know, and I'm not Grizzly Adams, so, and I love people, so I'm not trying to, like, go live off the grid entirely. Uh, but just understanding, you know, just however bad that was, at least we had food, Right. But I want you to think about in America, in a food crisis, you talk about a social crisis, you talk about violence going on right now in New York City unparalleled. I can't even believe some of the videos I see coming out of Philadelphia and New York City. Horrible. There was a video up last night that in some of these social media accounts, that's all they post is just the Wild West of everything violent. Um, and I, I try to scroll past them as soon as possible. I don't even follow these accounts anymore, and they just pop up in my feed. Um, but I saw this, you know, two uh, look like groups of guys. I don't know if they're gang members or not, but um, two groups of dudes, young guys, and they're in Australia, and they're screaming at each other and they're talking trash. And one turns around with a knife and heads toward, you know, he's standing there. And I guess some people, whenever you challenge them with a knife and they're unarmed, uh, they're going to, their response is to charge you unarmed, which is never a good idea. And so the bigger guy of this one group charges the kid. I guess he didn't see the knife. I don't know. But this kid literally stabbed that other kid in the neck in a matter of seconds. I mean, like one stab. And then ran down the street, and that kid stood there. He looked like he was probably 6'2". And he stood there holding his throat. It was he, st- he was stabbed in the side of his throat on the left side of his head. And, you know, that's a pretty bad area to sustain any type of a, of a laceration. And so he stabbed, and he's standing there holding his neck, and you just see the blood coming out of his hands onto the sidewalk. And within seconds, he drops, and he's dead. The, 
That is the world in which we live. I live in the city of Atlanta where graffiti is becoming like normal artwork here. And and I do happen to believe that they're, you know, they're very uh, cool places within downtown Atlanta where they have opened up, you know, areas for uh, graffiti artists to do exactly that, you know, um, to um, spray paint, you know, whatever, whatever they do to paint and create really cool murals. And that's not what this is. <sighs> These are street gangs. These are large criminal gang elements, actually. And whenever you watch the terminal list, um, you're going to see some themes in there that are 1,000% accurate um, in, in who runs through this nation. And they are, in fact, protected by politicians because they fund political campaigns. They are protected by law enforcement in some states because, again, um, anyone who is elected is, um, is vulnerable to this type of extortion. It's just how it is, sadly. And who pays for it? You do. And sure, some cases will actually, you know, make it through the system and you'll see these kids go to prison uh, for life. But prison is just like another storefront set up, a shop set up for them. It's not prison. Like it's, it's, a, it's a paid for by you um, storefront. It's where they do the most business, actually. And, you know, I'll never forget whenever Stacey Abrams was running for office uh, back during the election that she says she won against Brian Kemp, and they were in a Channel 2 um, action news uh, debate. And uh, WSB-TV here in Atlanta, Georgia, hosts, you know, many of um, our higher-profile uh, candidate debates. And she and Brian Kemp were in a debate. I want to I want to say there was someone else. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but but the the conversation came up about uh, legislation that Ms. Abrams um, actually worked overtime to defeat that was uh, to keep cell phones out of the hands of prisoners. Um, and some people have even gone so far as to say there should be some type of a geo net over the uh, a cyber net over the prison so that um, it, it is completely disabling for you to receive or send any form of communication in the way of a phone call on a cell phone. And that would be one way to stave that off. Well, during this debate, you know, Brian Kemp was saying that he, you know, he is, he was in favor of that legislation and that she uh, defeated it. And she lied and said that she did not, that she actually worked hard to make sure that happened. Well, it took like five seconds for the author of that legislation to see what she was claiming and, you know, and shot that point down. Um, but so your politicians, you know, again, depending upon who they are beholden, you know, to whom they are beholden um, and to what extent they have been leveraged and extorted or blackmailed or they're just rotten people, take your pick. Um, you know, because I do, I do, I guess for me it's like until you're in that position as a, as a politician, you don't know what you're going to do until you're faced with, you know, a cartel member standing at your door um, holding your child's hand. <laughs> you know, letting you know what could happen if you don't vote for this particular legislation or if you don't introduce this legislation. If you don't pass this bill, if you don't pass this, you know, municipal, um, you know, 
law or bond. I mean, and that happens on the regular. And so, you know, I think that has in fact happened to a lot of our politicians in D.C. I think they have been extorted. They have been blackmailed. And so for that, you know, my heart actually goes out to people who have to contend with that. Uh, Not everyone succumbs to it. And I think, you know, the enemy's camp knows who is more susceptible. You know, what is your Achilles? Is it money? Is it power? Is it notoriety? Adoration? You know, any number of things that come, uh, access, authority, being in the know, right? Getting your your velvet rope invitations to political political things. You know, what is your Achilles? You you got to get honest with yourself before you run for office. Why are you running? What is your Achilles? Because everyone has one. And some are just better at hiding theirs than others. But honestly, I think there are a few who are not beholden to anything that, that would be um, leveraged against them. I, I think Thomas Massey is actually one of those uh, people. I think Rand Paul is one of those people. I could be totally wrong. I'm sure one of you will email me about something about Rand or Thomas um, Massey, but I don't think so. Not at least where Mr. Massey is concerned. And I'm I'm sure there are many others, but um, that is someone I follow uh, relatively closely. So um, I just don't see that. But, you know, ultimately you got to consider that these people can be gotten to. And once that happens, you will you'll know it because you'll tra- you'll start to see it in your city and in your state. Your quality of life will change drastically, and it will be in favor of lawlessness. And when that happens, you'll know that it's either time to roll up your sleeves and get involved, or you need to find a new home. Because once they encroach, and unless you have district attorneys and you have um, federal district attorneys, uh, federal authorities who will uh, prosecute, federal prosecutors rather, um, who will actually, you know, go go the gusto. And even then, I mean, if you, uh, the the labyrinth of law enforcement's very interesting, you know, having a lot of friends who are in law enforcement um, and having, you know, had the blessing of having a, a front row view of some of the things that people fighting uh, gang crime here in the state of Georgia, um, you know, Brian Kemp, that was something that he ran on his first um, campaign. And he was very strong on that. And he has actually stood by that word and, you know, created, um, uh, you know, has been in support of legislation that would, um, that would assist with creating, you know, the nexus necessary in order to prosecute um, you know, with a uh, with a criminal gang statute that is actually the toughest criminal gang statute in the country is here in the state of Georgia. Uh, although these guys have been crying for a um, federal gang statute for years, and that has not happened. I don't obviously it's not going to happen with this administration, uh, but you know, hopefully we'll get there. But why is that so important? Because the years that are tacked on to someone who. Um, has done something in the name of, in the likeness of, in the image of, and to the benefit of, and the proliferation of a criminal gang uh, enterprise is a heck of a lot uh, heavier 
than someone who acted on their own or if you could never create that nexus. And what's interesting to note is that no matter how many great men and women you have you know, in your district attorney's office, they have to count on law enforcement who are willing to actually go the extra mile to, you know, uh, look at features such as tattoos, Um, you know, look at the uh, religious element, you know, be, be willing to go into the places that, you know, are a little uncomfortable whenever it comes to searching uh, people's homes and cars and, you know, the places people hide (laughs) weapons and cash and, you know, evidence, um, is really interesting, according to these guys. You know, it can be behind your Virgin Mary's candle. Uh, it, it could be in your dead cousin's ash box. You know, places where Americans are very sensitive to people's religious practices, apparently, unless you're Christian these days. But, um, yeah, but if you're Catholic, not the Catholics aren't Christian, but you know what I'm saying, it's a different it's uh it is a different practice altogether than protestantism there but if you are a practicing catholic um you know a lot of those guys have death uh the 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 saint of death they pray to they worship um they really do believe that they are doing good because they are fulfilling darkness's um call right they believe that that's their behavior is justified, and and you can see how that happens because they're so intertwined and they're interwoven. And um, so, if you have you know a police officer who's not doing his job well, or maybe he's on the take, or she's on the take, or they've been threatened, and uh, and you've got a prosecutor who's like, "What is happening right now? We know this dude is part of this gang." <laughs> this criminal gang element, and we know this criminal gang activity, but, you know, evidence wasn't gathered properly or it was just completely not submitted at all, you know. So there there are, it was really eye-opening to actually see how that industry works. When it works, it's actually, you know, a good thing. Another really interesting factoid is that when you start prosecuting, they will literally move out like a mound of ants you ever notice that like if you'll just spray like for a couple of ants it's like way holy cow like the whole village is gone like you could have ant mountains right just all over like a campground ant campground all over your backyard and you hit one of them and all of a sudden they're just gone that's how the criminal gang element responds to pushback into lawfulness and people actually um, fighting the good fight with uh, justice. So uh, if you live in a city that is not uh, interested in, in uh, adjudicating uh, any type of crime really, um, or, you know, ensuring that your public schools are doing their jobs and, and, you know, and, and not absconding with uh, federal dollars that do not go to students and, and their, uh, educational welfare, um, you can anticipate that there will be an uptick in crime in your city. I don't care how red you think your state is or how Republican you think your governor or legislature is. If you have a major municipality that is not um, adjudicating this t- this level of crime, um, and there are many ways that they get around it, then you are in for 
some very interesting days ahead. All right. Speaking of interesting, I'm off to uh, make my lamb chops. Those should be interesting. I do hope you guys have a great night and that you are uh, following me on iTunes and Stitcher, subscribing rather to my podcasts on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Also head over to MonicaMatthews.com backslash gold co and get ready to, you know, inquire and potentially move uh, either your savings, your 401k, you know, or all of it (laughs) into some financial shelter. Be good to your neighbor beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.